FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 70... 70-something of the podcast that goes snicked. It's probably going to be episode 74, but some of that's still a little bit up in the air, depending on how, where the chips fall, how the cards weigh, um, or some other stupid analogies for that. Where you throw the feed. <laughs> what? <laughs> you just went straight country girl on me. That's what my papa used to say. <laughs> Your papa? My papa. Throwing seed? Yeah, he'd say, well, you know, they... My, grandparents lived during the depression and right. they had chickens and so he would always say sometimes you just got to throw some feed and see what takes it that's true <laughs> words of wisdom words of wisdom yeah well anyway hey i am jason you can go to fake hell and burn there venable okay and i'm joined by denise magic pajamas venable hey my pink and white sheepy pajamas they are pretty damn magical (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i should say something dirty but i will pass i do i have some pink pajamas with white sheep on them and they're my favorites yes yes anyway uh we're gonna cover two issues king size x-men annual number four and is that the thing i read yeah oh my goodness and marvel no don't show your hand Oh, poker face. Yeah. Poker face. Poker face. My poker face. I think you should interject some Lady Gaga. That's what I'm doing. your podcast. Yeah. No, I mean like literally. Oh, I don't want to pay for the rights. Yeah, who she didn't need any more money. She'd make herself a bacon dress. Right. Anyway, I would eat that. I Okay, moving on. Bacon. Anyway, we're also going to do Marvel Team-Up number 100. All right, so these are, um, I didn't want to tack these on to the Dark Phoenix episode because that episode was already really, really long. Oh my goodness, it was long. It was an epic episode. But at the same time... Epic winning! I didn't want to mix them up with the next flashback. Oh, by the way, this is a flashback episode. Flashback! Flashback, only I'm not Cameron. No. Cameron did not have a vocal change. But I already introduced her, so you knew that. Oh, that's true. She's magic pajamas. <laughs> magic, magic pink sheepy pajamas. No, no, magic blue pajamas with a red cape. No, pink with sheepies. <laughs> anyway, I didn't want to lump it in with the next episode for reasons that'll be revealed when we get there. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, well, uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, basically, these two issues are separated in the fact that these are the last two adventures of Wolverine in his first costume. So they kind of go by themselves a little bit. And you know, well, we'll talk about it when we get there. But, um, yeah. Poker face. Poker face. Poker, I barely know her. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's what he said. (laughs) I did, just now. Anyway, let's get to the comic, shall we? Yes. All right, let's go. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is King Size Annual X-Men number four. And man, was it King Size. It, and you it was feel, a California you, king. You fill every page. <laughs> With lots and lots and lots of copy. Right. Okay, so this is uh, Nightcrawler's Inferno. Um, dun, 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 dun. It is written by Chris Claremont, our usual Uncanny X-Men writer, with art by John Romina Jr. and Bob McCloud. Or McCl- I always thought it was McCloyd. When, whenever I hear anybody talk about him on other podcasts, they always say McCloud. So I'm going to go with that and assume that this they know. This is why you read the names. That um, way if they're wrong, it's all on you. Right. Anyway, they're both credited as artists. Of course, we know that uh, J.R. Squared did the pencils and McCloud did the inks. Tom Orjakowski is the letterer and Glennis Ween is the colorist. The cover is also by J.R.J.R. and McCloud. And in it, we have 
a laughing face in the shadows, a laughing green face, a little jack-o'-lantern. I was going to say, it looks like a jack-o'-lantern. We have these tentacles coming out. We have a big uh, bubble saying, guest starring the master of the mystic arts, Doctor Strange. Ooh. And then at the bottom, beyond Dante's darksome doorway, lies Nightcrawler's Inferno. Ooh. And in the tentacles, we have wrapped up Doctor Strange, our famous guest superstar. Our guest, Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Colossus and Storm, Wolverine, and then on the floor... Uh, Professor X fell out of his wheelchair. And it's Snuggy. Yeah. And uh, Kenny Pride's down there, too. Don't really care that much for this cover, uh, to be honest. For one thing, Professor X doesn't look like he has a blanket on. He looks like he just lost a potato sack race. (laughs) Yes. And Wolverine has an enormous neck. Yeah, and he looks like he's trying to do some weird yoga pose. Well, the thing I don't like about Wolverine is they have this scene... Where he's got his arm out with his claws like he's going to strike. And JR moved him too far to the side, so his claws got cut off. Maybe it was a printing error. I don't think so. If he just would have scooted him over like an inch, we would have had a much cooler scene. Yeah, but, okay, so his the tips of his cowl help make the M in X-Men. So I think that's why they did it. Uh, it helps okay. your eye read X-Men. Yeah, you and your art reasons. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad Denise is here because she's... Our resident magic lover. I love Harry Potter. Yeah. And so uh, she can see if she likes Doctor Strange more than me. I don't like him. Mm. <laughs> I'll just be up front. I've never liked him. Not excited about the movie. <laughs> don't care who they cast. They're making a movie about him? Yeah. Rumors are John Hamm. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, I also don't like his magic pajamas that he wears. <laughs> I don't like his cape that looks like devil horns. Yeah, no. It actually, the it way... It is quilted on the edge. <laughs> okay, and it, it's like cheetah quilted. No, it's like psychedelic stuff. Uh, I just think it's funny. It looks like he has a hood, and like, you know, it's got little devil horns, like, coming well, off later the Later, it just gets to be a really big thing. It ends up being kind of the, uh, it'll end up being the spawn cape later by Tom McFarlane. Yeah. Her eyes are glazing over. Let's get into the comic. <laughs> So what we got, Denise? What happens in this uh, fantastic issue? So in Chapter 1, Nightcrawler's Inferno, Colossus, Logan, Kitty, Oro, and Professor X. Aurora. Can I call her Roro? That's what Wolverine calls her, so I guess too. Sounds like Scooby-Doo. (laughs) Roro! Anyway, they're all throwing Nightcrawler a surprise 21st birthday party. 21, baby! Woohoo, he can drink! Yeah. Although that doesn't stop Kitty. We'll get there. Yeah. He thinks everybody forgot, but really they've been planning it for weeks, even though... So how could they forget? How would they even know? They've been X-Men for a very short time. Maybe it's And he hasn't had a birthday before. So unless someone at the X school, Professor X assigned to, I don't know, Gene probably. I need you, like in my my office, we have a celebration committee. Someone has to go around and find out everybody's birthday, their favorite color, uh, favorite candy. Like, did Gene like when all Do the new Do they get ex- paid for that? No, is that really their job? Not their job. Uh, you volunteer oh. for things. We have committees. That's one of the committees you can volunteer to be on. Wow. Yeah. You do get to go to meetings once a month and, and not work during those meetings. <laughs> I just might sign up for that. Yeah. Anyway, so I just imagine that Gene went around and had to find out what everybody's birthday was. All right, so these are all the new X-Men. Okay, Wolverine, when's your birthday? I I don't remember. I don't remember anything. Ah! Nightcrawler, Wolverine's being dramatic. When's your birthday? Ah! July 21. All right, Storm, when's your birthday? I don't know. Anyway, so, but for some reason, Nightcrawler expected for everyone to know his birthday, but then thought they forgot. Well, maybe he's one of those people that are like, oh my gosh. And <laughs> like, just being a drama queen? 30 days is the <laughs> best day ever. They were sitting down, sitting, just sitting at breakfast one day, and he's like, yeah, you know what I'd like to do for my birthday, which is in two weeks? Yeah. 
I think I want to go do this. And Colossus is like, Do you think you have, that would be fun? Colossus is Has like, anybody ever been shit, there? Birthday party. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, it's Monday. I'm so excited for Thursday. You know Thursday what Thursday is? My is? Thursday is my birthday. <laughs> anyway, so, but it, it cracks me up because he thought everybody forgot, but yet they've been planning it for weeks and for people have been planning it for weeks. Logan gets Nightcrawler a picture of himself. All right, so I. <laughs> How narcissistic is that? I think it could go either way. Uh, first of all, I also want to point out that, that Logan's eating a giant turkey leg. He is. No less an albino turkey leg. <laughs> I think the colorist forgot to color the meat. No, it's covered in ranch dressing. Oh, gross. <laughs> That's disgusting. A man is a mayonnaise covered What was in our wedding leg. vows? We agreed to disagree over ranch dressing. Yeah, we agreed to disagree. <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> I can see this going one of two ways. Wolverine could be like, yeah, I got you something to remember me by. And got a nice framed picture of him. And, and it's it, a huge. Yeah, it's big. And it's no eight by ten. Right. And he's wearing his cow. But I can also see someone else on the team getting him a picture of Wolverine as a joke. Okay, but wait. But the thing is, though. I think Nightcrawler would be the one to give someone else a picture of Wolverine. Like, he's kind of the jokester on the team. Okay, but what cranks me up is these are his other gifts spewing around. He's got a set of weights. I get that. (laughs) I get that. A cowboy hat? Don't get that. See, that seems something like something Wolverine would actually give. That's why I wonder if somebody else gave the picture. Binoculars? (laughs) Here's the thing. Nightcrawler, go check that out. Boof, boof. Yeah. It's, uh, we're I, good to I go. I can't teleport that far. I'm just going to look at it through yeah. the binoculars. Maybe that's it. Because, you know, he has to see the other side. If I look through the binoculars, I can oh, teleport. Right. <laughs> that's what, that's all it is. It's not, it's one of those, um, I'm getting you this so you can do stuff for me kind of gifts. Right. So Professor X gave it to him and said, you know what? You always talk about how, how you have to see where you teleport. I need you to see a little bit farther. So I'm going to get you uh, some binoculars. So that does that mean then if he gets a telescope, can he teleport to the moon? Ooh, good question. Ooh. Then someone gave him Professor X is thinking too small. Yeah. Then uh someone else gave him a weird disco shirt with a blue tie. I like how it's like sitting upright. So it's still it's either super starched or it's, it's still completely like in the, wrapped in the cardboard, cardboard like when I used to display dress shirts at JC Penny. I love how the tie is like wrapped around it. Like somebody used to be in it. Anyway. I'm going to say Colossus gave him the dumbbells. Um, Oro probably gave him. Storm gave him the shirt. Wolverine gave him the cowboy hat. Professor X gave him the binoculars. And Cyclops parting gift before he left was to leave him the picture of Wolverine. Nice. I um, Nightcrawler. Get busy on those thank you notes. That's right. So we also see that Kitty, who uh, they complain is... Or they they explain they, don't they, no, just they say. explain that she's thirteen and a half. So and because she, she's half, <laughs> she gets to drink alcohol. Maybe it she looks gets like a, she's drinking a martini. Yeah, it does. Maybe it's just water and a martini glass, so she doesn't feel left out or she feels cool. I didn't think it was weird because all right. So this comes after issue one thirty eight. Maybe it's punch. Where she literally showed up at the school, and she's already talking about how. She feels so left out, like there's been this massive it. time period for her to feel left out. Like it makes, I don't know, the way it reads, and I'm sure there's time we didn't see, okay? I mean, Magical time. Yeah, it's comics, you know, whatever. But it makes it read like she got there, and it's like, no one's fawning over me on day one. <laughs> I, no one likes me here. <laughs> she did show up in a shirt that I'm pretty sure had a bedazzled bitch on it. <laughs> Go back and listen to the last episode or look at the last panel on 138. Oh, okay. Um, now, after opening all of the gifts, they find a mysterious yeah. black package. Now, what cracks me up is he says, he basically tells the professor, thanks for the gift. And no, yet, he says, thanks for pointing it out. Because Professor X is the one that saw it. Oh, because he, he says, uh, it looks as sinister as it does stylish, a package after my own heart. Right. I got to say, though, because he opens it up and there's this crystal nightcrawler. And I think it looks pretty sweet. I like that panel. I do, too. And I like how it's a very interesting pose. However, the crystal nightcrawler blows up in his face. With a poof. Poof. And he just falls flat on the face. And there's a giant black cloud all over him. Yeah. 
that cloud actually reminds me of Supernatural when the demons. Yeah, yeah, when they get exercised or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So Kurt falls to the ground. And of course, I love how Wolverine <laughs> jumps on top of Dives him. Dives on top of him. He's like, here, let me see if he's breathing. If he's not, yeah. I'll smother him. <laughs> uh, they tell, they, uh, Professor. Watch your tail, Nightcrawler. <laughs> it's getting by my naughty bits. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'd tell you to edit that out, but that's hilarious. No, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So um, they move Nightcrawler into the Medi Lab, and while while examining Kurt, Professor X is impressed with Storm's knowledge of the equipment because you know she was a thief. What the hell? Yeah, obviously, if you steal stuff, you know how to work machinery. I, that was the most random conversation I'd ever seen. She says it's from her knowledge of disarming burglar alarms. So anyway, uh, Professor X did ask the other X-Men to exit the lab, the meta lab. And so they're they're hanging out, and uh, then Storm and Professor X come in, and they're just like, sorry, uh, we did everything we could. Yeah, he's not dead, but he's not alive. I don't really understand it. Wolverine gets really mad and, and scrunches his beer can in his hand. I do like how they say, so he's dead. And they're like, well, he's not. Look how beer shoots out of the can. What cracks me up is they, you know, they say we've done everything we can for him. And it's like, so he's dead. And they're like, well, he's not alive. So even then, they're not quite admitting. Right. Well, they don't know what to do. They're they're confused. So Professor X says, I, you know, excuse me, I got to go make some special arrangements. And then Storm kind of has a pity party. Yeah, and this is where we find out, because remember, Cyclops just left, and we very unceremoniously find out that Storm's the new leader. I know, like, oh, hey, let's have a couple of panels about how I got to be the leader. No, just suddenly, oh, I'm really sucking as a leader. Um, <laughs> did they have secret ballot? Like, what the hell? Yeah. I do think it's cool. I like her being the leader. I like her being the leader, too. But I just feel like they just kind of... I'm wondering once we get back to the regular series, even though it is obviously after this because Wolverine changes costumes, I'm wondering, though, if they make a bigger deal about it in the actual book. Hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. But we also find out that um, because Kitty says, hey, the doorbell's ringing. I'm going to go get it. And then we find out that she doesn't like Nightcrawler. Because he looks weird, which is so un-Kitty. Yeah. I feel like Claremont either hadn't decided... But even then, though, it doesn't even fit like her first appearance because you no. were actually on that, right? Yeah. And she was she was really cool, like out the gate. Yeah. And her to all of a sudden be all bitchy. I don't know. This is weird. It's oh, I think it's they're trying to make her appear. I don't fit in, and I n- nothing's right. Yeah, which is a dumb angle. I don't like yeah. the angle of this. And uh, okay. So Kitty answers the door, and oop, there's Doctors. Doctor, a dark, handsome stranger. He shows up rather quickly because we find out that Professor Xavier just called him. Yeah, when he called him psychically. And Professor X, though, even, he even makes a comment about how fast it was. Yeah. And Doctor Strange just says, your message sounded urgent. Ooh. So then he transforms into his magic pajamas. Because <laughs> apparently his trench coat was just to hide his outfit. Yes. I think he needs to put the trench coat back on. He said he didn't want people to see his cape. Oh, so is his cape the magical part of him? No, but he needs it to do magic, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why he wears a cape, because that's the way whoever designed him designed him. I don't like it. With his little footy pajamas. I don't like it. I don't either. So we get uh, a little stab at future X-Men. Uh, Doctor Strange is examining Nightcrawler with the, uh, what's it, the, the eye of Agamotto. I'm glad you said that because I would have had no idea yeah. how to pronounce it. I just want to say, boom, future writers, Nightcrawler is not a demon hybrid. I actually loved his explanation that his human is, or his essence is human. Yeah, he may have a mutation, but he's just a mutant. So none of this, my dad's a demon bullshit we get later. Well, yeah, but he actually explains. He says, um, he goes, I thought he looked like a demon, but there's no demon in here. None. He's not a demon hybrid, so shove that up your butt. Okay. I hate I hate Azazel. I like him a little bit better now in Amazing X-Men, but I, I still hate him. Okay. I've ranted about that before. Calm down. I won't do it again. Calm down. Do I need to get you a biscuit? No, I just need a drink. Okay. However, Doctor Strange senses that something else is in the room with them. Something is afoot. And all of a sudden, in the Ram corner girl. of the room... <laughs> 
it looks like uh, who's the evil queen on Sleeping Beauty? Oh yeah, yeah, kind of. Oh, what is her name? I don't know, Abigail. No. <laughs> Crap. It's, I don't is know. it Ursula? No. No, Ursula was a Little Mermaid. Ah. Uh, Google that shit. I know her name. It's like um. Irma. It's not Irma. Ingrid Berman. No. Stop while you're ahead. I was never ahead. Anyway, she comes in and she attacks the X-Men with prickly penis. Ugh. Did you really have to go there? <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks like a bunch of tiny little penises with spikes coming out of the peel. Oh my goodness. I will say, though, I like the coloring and the facial expression. We get a snicked. And the snick is written between the claws. It looks really cool. Maleficent. That's a horrible name. <laughs> Maleficent. I don't know how you say it. It's Maleficent. Anyway, so the, the uh, prickly penises attack the X-Men and Doctor Strange. But what we find out, too, is that the prickly penises are not part of her body. Like, she's a floating head, and those are just extra Yeah, it's, things. An, it's another demon, I guess. So Storm saves Professor X and Kitty, but she gets grabbed by one of the tentacles, and then the door slams for some unknown reason. As Kitty drags Professor X. In his Snuggie. Yeah. See, Why does that here, blanket never leave him? At least here it looks like a blanket. No, it's, it's it looks like a It's obviously wrapped snuggie. all the way around him. Yeah, but okay, if if I put you in a chair uh-huh. and then flung you out of the chair. Hey, I'm with you still. With that, your blanket would not stay wrapped around your legs. Uh-huh. No, it wouldn't. It's just not going to happen. So Kitty decides she's going to poke her head through the door. Yeah, and Professor see what X happens. says, no, you're not ready. And Kitty not only pokes her head, but she goes all the way through the yep. door. Phases right through it. And Professor X and is the, like, get your butt back here. Yeah, and the metal lab is empty. And she's like, shut up, Professor X. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to say. She's really snarky towards him. Yeah, good, he deserves it. Oh, okay, so back when they're dragging him, he talks about... I'm using my mental powers to augment my physical strength. How does that work? I mean, do, uh-huh. Maybe he's using Because he has his... telepathy, not telekinesis. Oh, yeah, he can't move things with his mind. Right, so how can he use telepathy to augment his physical strength? Call BS on that. Maybe he's trying to, you know, like, I can pick this up. I will pick this up. <laughs> <laughs> I will do it. Right? I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. So our chapter two, Chris Claremont gets very fancy and calls it part the second. I hated that. <laughs> with as many it's words. Very pretentious. With as many words that were thrown through this thing, I literally looked at that and was like, dumbass. All right. So what do we have here? We have Dante's door. The door to hell. And it has a description from Dante's Inferno about the gate to hell. This is yeah, actually a quote, an, an excerpt. I guess I should read Dante's Inferno. Ooh, that's a chore. Is it? There's some good stuff in there, but it's really long. Is it written like this thing? Oh, yeah. No, that, this is this is an actual quote. I do like how the wall, like in the rocks, they're screaming faces. Yeah. I actually think the door looks pretty cool. It's got like a demon head and the mouth is these giant doors. How many pages do you think is Dante's Inferno? Oh, I don't know. A couple thousand? No, it's not that long. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. It's a I'm lot. like, shit, that made up my mind. <laughs> I have it. I haven't unpacked it yet. It's still in the book boxes. But Okay, you might have to unpack it. Okay. All right, so anyway, they uh, they decide they're going to enter the door and travel through hell. Uh, do you like how Wolverine talks tough even in hell? But we also find out that Nightcrawler is now alive. He breathes. I had yeah. an issue with that. I had right. an issue with the fact that his soul was, his soul was stolen and that meant he didn't breathe. But this is where they stole it, too. So this but, is where his soul is. I know, but okay, think about this. If I stole your soul, your you soul did. is what makes... On the day we got married. <laughs> anyway, your point about the soul. If, they ste- if I steal your soul... Uh-huh. Okay, it's your essence. Uh-huh. So without that, you can still breathe. You can't move around. I don't. I don't know. I guess it depends on how you define it. I don't know. I guess I feel like your soul is what, not necessarily what breathes life into you, but it's what makes you happy. It's what makes you passionate about things. Yeah, but that's not in comic books. 
Well, then don't call it your soul. Call it like yeah, it's it's a part of you that's only. I would have preferred him just spiritual or in comics, I'll probably call it astral. I don't know. I would have preferred that he just be like in a coma. Yeah, that make more sense. Yeah, but anyway. Anyway, off my soapbox. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, X Men and Doctor Strange are going to journey through hell. They go across. Now, in the comic, uh, Doctor Strange keeps thinking about how, is this truly hell? Because he knows it's modeled after Dante's Inferno. Right. Because he's read books and stuff. And he's been to hell. And this isn't hell. And it's not the hell he thought. But he said, but Satan is the prince of lies. Man, that other hell I went to was not really hell. So he's trying to figure out which hell is really hell. Well, I kind of took that as Satan is the prince of lies. Ergo, he can make hell whatever he wants it to be. That too. So hell is your biggest fear. So, of course, the man comes. Charon or Charon. Yeah. Probably Charon because he's Greek. To take them across the river. And, of course, he's the ferryman. But they only he only came to take one. No, he was sent to take one. He was sent to take one. You guys come. You get the same fate. Yeah, can't go back. So he takes them across the river. Yeah, Wolverine talks tough again. And then when they get across the river, they meet up with... Minos. Minos, and he is the gatekeeper to hell. Yeah, he's a dashing young man. He is. In fact, he has Vulcan eyebrows. I think Minos against his throne looks really cool. Because it makes it look like... It's because the throne is kind of shaped like a demon. Yeah. And the way he sits in it, like it's almost like it's... His, his wings. Real person. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, as kind of cheesy as it was written, I... I don't like this part at all. This character's dumb. Well, so as cheesy it was written, I do kind of like how he touches Storm, and she goes, his look, his touch, like being caressed by maggots, and yet there's something that finds me something attracted Something that he finds it, that she finds attractive, right. And so I did find that interesting, because it does kind of play into the whole I know I shouldn't be doing this it doesn't make me feel good but yet I want to do it right all right so just a little comment on the art we'll kind of see it throughout the book but I think this page is one of the worst examples Romina will turn it uh, J.R.J.R. will turn into a really good artist a lot of his poses in this comic are really awkward yeah like him sitting yeah and then Colossus like his legs are weird in a storm, putting her hands in the air. And then everyone's like hunching when they're walking all the time. Okay, like they're so... They're about to spring at any second. Sorry, I did have an issue. So when they when they all arrive, Logan's dressed in regular clothes. And then you see him like putting on his Wolverine costume. Well, yeah, but he still got his pants on at that point. <laughs> so he had his costume on underneath. Classic superhero. No, his shirt is ripped and it's not underneath there. I don't know. Maybe he kept it all in his pocket. His costume fits in his pocket. Yep. His skin tight. That's why it's so skin tight. No, his clothes that he was wearing were skin tight. And so his other skin tight clothes fit in his pocket. So basically, you know, the gatekeeper to hell says, now we're going to get down to business. Yeah, he tosses his nightcrawler out the roof. And I love he's got sharp fingernails. Anyway, Storm flies out to catch Nightcrawler. Uh, they get caught in a hurricane, and they're going to get dashed against the rocks. But Sp- harpies show up. Harpies show up, because why wouldn't they? <laughs> well, they're on, they're on the what level of hell? I don't know. It's one of them. So Storm decides she's going to create a wind tunnel and throw Nightcrawler through it. And he teleports back into Minos's court. But without Storm. She yeah. gets stabbed. So then Wolverine talks tough to Minos. I like that he snicks at a demon. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And the demon calls him out on it. He's like, are you threatening me, little man? And in my favorite panel of the book, Wolverine's like, yep. And you see the claws like in front of his face in a close-up. Bar none. Best panel of the book. Yeah, I could see that. And he's not backing off. He's got his claws right up in Minos's grill. No, and I will say... at the. <laughs> I don't like this Doctor Strange character because he's like, my dear Wolverine, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Like he's he reiterates several times. I'm here to protect you all. I am here to fight for you all. Well, what the I don't understand. Like, does he feel responsible that they're all? Yeah, Professor X called him. Yeah, but he's not the one that called the demon. Like, 
No, but he knows that only he has the power to fight demons. Because he's the, he's the uh, Sorcerer Supreme of the Marvel Universe. So, like, knowing is half the battle? Knowing's all the battle. <laughs> I just, he's slightly cocky, and I feel like that's all he says throughout and the yeah, whole well, comic. I want to miss it for the world. Yeah. I think Dr. Strange would talk like this. I think you're right. Hi, <laughs> hey, I'm a douche. You want me to whip up a spell for you? Actually, so Dr. Strange would be a cross between uh, John Haim and uh, Yogi Bear. <laughs> hey, boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. Let's go help Here's Wolverine. a magic picnic. <laughs> All right. Then Wolverine, in a further display of badass, fights off Cerberus. A three-headed dog. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Wolverine literally slices him across the stomach and says, Bad move, pooch. <laughs> I've been aching for a chance to use my claws since we hit this bird. Here's where you learn some manners, Bowser. <laughs> and you get the, and the and Cerberus runs off. You get this, like if there's an audio track in this comic, it would have been like a whimper. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I can think of is Harry Potter's three-headed dog, Fluffy. So Doctor Strange says, We're doing well this far. Too well. I don't like it. Are we that good? Or are we simply being learned to our deaths? Like lambs to the slaughter. Anyway, so they keep going through hell. Uh, they find some more demons. Doctor Strange looks even more awkward when you get close up of his legs. And you see he really is just wearing like a big one piece. <laughs> it's just a big onesie. It's a onesie. I think, oh, I do I like... Think Ethan has I, those sorry, pajamas. I skipped a part. There's a part where Wolverine... I know these have page numbers, so I know in the flashbacks I normally reference page numbers, but this one doesn't have it. So it's a random page. Yeah. So somewhere around page 29, Wolverine's reflecting on hell, and he says, um, With my temper, I can end up in that swamp when I die, or somewhere worse, lower down, something to think about. But he doesn't think very hard, he says, <laughs> I ain't ashamed of what I've done, though, or what I am. Whatever comes, I'll handle it. I'll survive. Even hell. Yeah. Yeah, bring it on, hell. Yeah. Snick. Snick, bub. Snick, snack. So then they get to a walled city set on fire. And all of a sudden... Uh, I wanted I wanted there to be a Laurel and Hardy joke. Because the city of Satan, the capital of hell, is called Dis. <laughs> Doctor Strange says, it is Dis. I wanted Colossus to go, what is Dis? <laughs> And Doctor Strange goes, no, the city is this. He goes, I see the city. What is this? No, it's this. This is where? Where are we? This. Oh, my goodness. But they didn't do it. I'm glad they didn't do it. <laughs> would have made the book infinitely better. <laughs> it would have made the book infinitely longer. <laughs> that too. That too. Anyway, so the people on the inside of the city are now throwing arrows down at them. Spears. Be precise. I like how it just breaks on Colossus's chest, though. I did like that, and then I got completely lost in the next two pages because it's like, let's jump over the wall. We can't jump over the wall. Why can't we jump over the wall? It would be murder if we jumped over the wall. What? But Colossus manages to pull the door open. That's a pretty cool panel where he's like literally on fire. Well, and and it's weird because Doctor Strange goes, because according to Dante, only one being could open these unholy gates by force. Right. So now Doctor Strange is starting to figure out, oh, maybe this isn't really hell. Yeah, maybe. So somewhere, we get our first reference of Nightcrawler's Christianity, because Colossus talks about being an agnostic or being raised an atheist in communist Russia. But he says, if believing in your God, Nightcrawler, means accepting the existence of this place, I'm now glad I was raised atheist. So we get kind of our first reference of Nightcrawler being a Christian. Yeah, and we're in part the third. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. We are in part the third. Ugh. <laughs> Still going. So basically... Oh, and Colossus says he can't cry in his metal form. We joked a couple of episodes ago about how Colossus, uh, metal Colossus can't frown. Well, <laughs> well, apparently he can't cry either. No, and that's actually, probably rust. And that's actually serious... <laughs> By the Tin Man? Yeah. I wonder if he has to get an oil and lube job every <laughs> once in a while. Oh, he wants a lube job. <laughs> Your mind is in the gutter today. Always. Always. So this is what I... <laughs> we even had a little banter about this when I was reading it. Because uh, there's a pit of snakes. 
Yes. And Wolverine's like, I can't smell a thing. I can't pick up Roro's <laughs> storm. 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 I can't pick up Storm's scent. This place stinks. And then he runs off. And they're like, Wolverine, where are you going? So then he they goes say. into the snake pit. He goes into the snake pit. But they're like, oh, I see Storm. So Nightcrawler bamfs into the pit to get Storm. But of course, Storm's all mutated and weird looking. And uh, you see Storm from the back. That's right. Nightcrawler bamfs, teleports down to her. But it's not real Storm. It's zombie Storm or demon Storm. And so Colossus magically wraps like red bands around them and pulls them out. No, it's Doctor Strange. I'm sorry, Doctor Strange. crimson bands of Sidorak. Yeah. Or Satorak, depending on how you want to say it. Anyway, this is the part I have issues with. Colossus is like, answer me, witch. Where is Storm? Wolverine walks up with this thing like snake, red snake wrapped yeah. around him. He's with, like, and she's And his right legs here. have grown a lot. Wolverine's legs get really long in this panel. Yeah. He's like, she's right here. I'm like, what the hell? He are, In one panel, he says he can't smell a damn thing because it stinks. And then he's like, this smells like storm. So then the, the they tell the snake, they kind of explain when you're in this pit, like a handful of things can happen. But basically, if you're bitten, you take on the snake and the snake takes on you. Right. Uh, so they have storm rebites herself <laughs> <laughs> so she can switch bodies again. Right. I do like how there's a narrative caption that says, uh, for Wolverine, who is no stranger to the Grim Reaper himself. And that was cool. It's kind of a, an off offshoot of, of how he's uh, had to kill people before. So this is where it gets weird, because then they, they get... freezes. Yeah, and Nightcrawler's frozen under a sheet of ice. Like a pretzel. So he's an ice pretzel, they say. Yeah. Everyone tries to break the ice, but no one can. Even Wolverine's adamantium claws that can cut through anything can't but it break can't the ice. can't break ice. Wolverine just can't break the ice. Every time he goes on a date, he can't just, break the ice. He just stares at the girl, and eventually he goes snicked under the table. And that's when the date is over. <laughs> he just stares at her boobs until he snicks. <laughs> is that early snicking? <laughs> Premature snick. Yes. <laughs> Premature snicking. Yeah. When Colossus, though, is able to slam the ice and break it. Now, I won't lie. That's an awesome panel. Yes, where he breaks up the ice. But if Colossus can break it, that means it's breakable. Then Why couldn't Adamantium should be able to cut through it. Yeah. So they pull Nightcrawler out, and they're like, he lives. He's not yeah. frozen. And we see Satan. A three-headed horn thing. Satan looks terrible. <laughs> Satan needs a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. And is he's eating something. People? Yeah, yeah, for snacks. Oh, okay. Like like popcorn. Popcorn people. Popcorn people. Then we see the ram chick, and she is mother. And we see Nightcrawler recognizes Jemaine. Yeah, She-Ra. I don't know what she looks like. She looks horrible, though. It's awful. It's just terrible costume design. She has heart-shaped knee pads. She's going to the Valentine's banquet. And all her stuff is in pink. She's wearing like a uh, unitard. That <laughs> doesn't go it's over her cut, shoulders. Right. And then she has some cone head thing on her head. And she's glowing. She looks stupid. Yes. And so then it turns out, all right, so Nightcrawler's adopted mom. Was a gypsy. Right. Is that Nightcrawler's parents, somehow both his parents died during childbirth. <laughs> Maybe. Um, her mom died from complications. Uh, the tail stabbed her in the heart on the way out. Yeah. And then the dad was like, oh my goodness, and had a heart attack. I guess. <laughs> anyway, so the gypsy family took him in, but his half brother or his adopted brother had an evil streak in him. Uh-oh. And he made Nightcrawler promise, if I ever go too far, you have to kill me. So one day he goes too far, and Nightcrawler doesn't mean to kill him, but he does it on accident. And so the mom hates him. And oh, by the way, he also had a half-sister, <laughs> or an adopted sister. I adopted guess half's sister. not really right. Adopted sister. And that's Jermaine. But Jermaine says, or they, they both tell all these stories to, to Mother Ramstein. And Mother Ramstein says, oh, I had no idea. 
I can't be around you because you killed my son, but at least I understand what you did. Uh, everybody go home. This isn't really hell. I made it up. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Isn't this fun? And they all go back to the school. Yep. Back to Nightcrawler's birthday party. And then, what's her name? Jermaine. Jermaine. Is like, hey, sexy. Yeah. That was weird. That's what I, you know, call my brothers all the time. And then she, she's like, you know me because guess what? I'm I've actually girlfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> Amanda Septon and they're like oh my goodness and he's like that's why you've accepted the way I looked because you already knew right never, Dude, <laughs> never mind. mind you're just a good person who doesn't judge a book by its cover no yeah. you've been sleeping with your sister <laughs> adopted sister it's oh seriously and I only use my tail <laughs> <laughs> I only poked her once <laughs> And it was with the tail. It doesn't count. And I, <laughs> and I crawl her super happy to see her. He gives her a hug. Says he would make out with her, but Kitty's watching. <laughs> and then I like this part. Because Wolverine on the last page, he's the one that reaches out to Kitty. And says, hey, get over here. You're an X-Man now. Oh, wow. Not, not Professor X. Professor X doesn't declare her an X-Man. Wolverine's like, hey, you're an X-Man. Wolverine's got a woman lips. You know what he looks? He looks a lot like early seventies Bruce Wayne. He does. I like how he does the like whoop de doo in the air. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing the do si do. He's dancing. He is. I didn't even realize. I was so focused on his little finger wagon. I didn't even see that he was like fixing the do si do with his other arm. But they're all excited because guess what? They just went to hell, experienced all this. Oh, but it was fake hell. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. It's still Nightcrawler's birthday and he's sleeping with his sister. Adopted sister. (laughs) Still his sister. He tells her, I've loved you and I always have and I always will. Well, no joke, Sherlock. You've been, you've known her since she was 10. So I like how when she turns back to Amanda Sefton, her hair stays feathered. It's the 80s. Yeah, well, it's 1980, yeah. It's legal for a 13-and-a-half-year-old to drink. A martini. So this is significant because this is the first time uh, J.R. Squared draws Wolverine. And he will be a guy that will go on through his career to contribute a lot to Wolverine. Okay. So this is the, this is the first his first go-around with the character. Okay. So that's significant. We had just his general uh, tough guyness. <laughs> um, we also get where he reach, he reaches out to Kitty, and so we see the start of that relationship. Yeah, and just you know, underneath it all, he's still he's still a nice guy. You know, for all his tough talk, he's the guy at the end that that calls Kitty an X Man and then tries a dozy do <laughs> and do a little jig. Yes. Anyway, I thought the art was okay. Uh, I will grow to like. JRJR a lot more in the future. I'll, I'll say this. First of all, he hasn't really developed his style yet that he'll come to have. He looks a lot, he's kind of like a normal comic book artist in this book. There's nothing that really like jumps out about his style and, and he will have a very distinct style as his career grows. We don't have it yet. There are some panels that are awesome. And there are some panels that aren't. And I'm wondering if maybe this just is a big book, a lot of art. And he, he just rushed. Yeah, maybe so, or or didn't take as much time on some pages as he did others. But um, didn't really like the story. There's a couple of cool beats in it, but overall, and I even like Dante's Inferno. So the source material is not bad, but just the whole setup's kind of dumb. I didn't like it. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Your first, your first reading of magic in the Marvel universe, and I didn't like it. <laughs> But to be fair, Doctor Strange didn't really do much magic anyway. No, he, he just kind of walked around and talked about how he was magical. Yeah, and he put an amulet up to people. Yeah, and that was about it. Yeah, there was no wand waving. I was very disappointed. Well, there's no wands. I don't think Mother Ram had a wand. Didn't she? Yeah, at the very end, she holds up this very weird pink thing, and it's her wand. Cause she's like, "Are you ready?" <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So she had a wand. It was hot pink. <laughs> Of course um, it would be Mother Ram. All right. Anything else you want to say about this one? No. Okay. What are you going to grade X-Men Annual number four? It's going to get two out of six. Okay. I'm also going to give it two out of six claws. All right. Let's move on. Moving on. 
Okay, so real quick, I want to talk about Marvel Team-Up number 100, um, a special double-sized 100th issue uh, featuring Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. It's going to be written by Chris Claremont, penciled by, well, it's just as artist Frank Miller and Bob Wyacek. Of course, we know that Miller did the pencils and Wyacek did the inks. It is the first appearance of Karma. It says, and introducing Karma. She possesses people. <laughs> That's what the title says. And that was kind of silly. And the cover is by Frank Miller and Klaus Jansen. I actually like this cover a lot, except for the Human Torch. It looks like he's doing some kind of crazy cartoon dance with his arms. I, I expect Phineas and Ferb music. And the rest of the cover is pretty sweet. We have uh, Karma's head. She looks like a robot because it's just an outline with her eyes and her little uh, a bob haircut makes her look like uh, something from Battlestar Galactica or something. I really like Frank Miller's Mr. Fantastic and uh, just the coloring and the shading on the cover is very uh, striking. It's unfortunate that uh, the focus is kind of the human torch because his arms just look wonky. But other than that, it's a really great comic. All right, so Wolverine's only in here a couple of pages. I want to go ahead and mention it. It is, like I said, the first appearance of Karma. And basically, Karma is taking... She possesses people, so she controls Spider-Man and makes Spider-Man go crazy. He goes to this, um, I guess, a banquet. And the Fantastic Four happens to be there. And Spider-Man attacks it. There's a big fight. And it turns out that... um, Karma's brother and her little siblings, who have all been uh, moved to America from Vietnam. Her dad was a war criminal or like a warlord, and her brother has taken, stolen the other two kids, and he's working for her uncle, I think, and trying to kind of be a, establish a crime empire in America. And Karma just wants to save her little brother and sister. So the only thing we get from the X Men is a uh, Reed Richards kind of figure, figures out what's going on and he calls Professor X for help because it involves mutants. And we see Storm, Colossus, and Wolverine in the danger room. And uh, Colossus is whipped in a block. Storm is dodging some maces. And Wolverine is slashing some Dr. Octopus-type arms. And Professor X is oddly cavalier. He's like, oh, hi, Reed. Yes, mutants. Yeah, Cerebro picked something up. I was getting around to it. You don't need any help? Okay, Wolverine. That equipment's expensive and difficult to replace. Don't you dare use your adamantium claws on it. And he keeps kind of getting distracted and not listening to Reed. Which is very weird because usually the X-Men are like, Oh, Cerebro, everybody suit up. We're leaving right now. But I guess, you know, this time Professor X just doesn't care. He's going to leave it up to the Fantastic Four. So Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, they get Karma, but Karma possesses the Human Torch. There's some more finding amongst themselves. Karma is seeking refuge in a church. Catholic Church, and a priest is helping her. We get all our backstory. Then they go confront the brother on a, on a dock of all places, because that's where criminals hang out at the docks. There's a lot more fighting, and Karma basically, essentially, eventually has to kind of absorb her brother's consciousness to defeat his evil, and and kind of makes and she gets this big yin and yang symbol on her chest, kind of showing that she has the light, her light, and his darkness all wrapped up. And then she says. Thank you all very much. I'm going to go about my life now. And, and she leaves with her brother and sister. They all talk about how, well, hopefully she'll be good. And Spider-Man, yeah, she has a great potential for good or evil. Dun, dun, dun. But I think she'll be good. Ah, yay. All right, so that's pretty much how it goes. And it says, The Beginning. Then we have a backup story written by Chris Claremont. Penciled by John Byrne. Inks by Bob McCloud. Letters by A. Kawecki, or Kawecki And Robbie C. is a colorist. This is a, a team-up between Storm and Black Panther. And it's pretty cool. It kind of goes back and shows one of their early meetings in Africa when Storm was roaming around after she was a, a thief. And she meets Black Panther, and there's this guy, kind of military poacher guy, and he tries to get to T'Challa. Sorry, couldn't get that out of my mouth. He tries to get T'Challa, and Storm helps save him. Apparently, this guy carries a grudge. He's been hunting him down the rest of his life. So Storm and Black Panther find him. And they beat up his robot, and basically he's almost a vegetable in a chair, kind of controlling robots and computer boards. And they shut him down, and then there is funny, because they, they talk about um, how it was good to see each other again, but they part as friends. They may wish for more, but that is what they are, what they will remain forever, until they get married in the future, of course. 
<laughs> anyway, so the art through all of this is pretty good. Of course, John Byrne always does really good art. I mentioned as Frank Miller drew the cover to Annual 3, which was his first time to draw Wolverine's head. Talked about how the art on that really wasn't very good. It was very early in Miller's career, and he hadn't really found himself yet. This book is a lot more characteristic of what you expect from Frank Miller. It's not quite his super I'm Frank Miller stylized version, but like we see in Sin City later, but... It's really good. The art art throughout this whole book's really good. I'm not on record as not liking Karma. Don't really like where she goes. Her first appearance isn't bad. It's not a bad little story. Uh, the conflict with her and her brother, her backstory, it's all kind of interesting. Uh, makes me kind of sad that they will eventually go on to, in my opinion, ruin the character. But uh, but her first appearance is, is not bad. I'd never read it before, so it was good to actually read a good Karma story. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so this is kind of significant. I know Wolverine's barely in it, but it is the first time, unless you count his head on the cover of X-Men Annual 3, it's the first time that Frank Miller draws Wolverine and draws any interiors of Wolverine. And of course, he'll go on to do a lot in the Wolverine canon, or maybe a lot is not really the right word. Very important work in the Wolverine canon, which of course we'll get there eventually. But yeah, so I'm going to give... um, Marvel team up number 100. I go three out of six claws. It's it's pretty good. It was a nice little read. Nothing super exciting, but it was cool. It was fun. All right, let's move on. Okay, so that's going to do it for this flashback episode. Flashback! I don't really know what's going to be next because I'm not exactly sure where this is going to fall in our Snickcast chronology, but um, yeah, that's it. So please uh, feel free to leave an iTunes review. You can go to the website. Uh, for show notes and stuff, that's nickcast.podbean.com. You can email any uh, theories, opinions, what you think about the show, what you think what you think about the books we're reading, snickcast uh, at yahoo.com. Please like the Facebook page, and of course follow us at Twitter, that's at snickcast. So yeah, uh, thanks Denise for doing the annual. I think she fell asleep. I was hoping she'd yell across the room, but I think she's taking a nap. <laughs> so anyway, until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye.